Oh captain, my captain. Oh captain, my captain. Oh captain, my captain. Oh captain, my captain. Oh welcome to Oh Captain My Captain. Uh, my name is Mark Olver. I am here with your primary co-host, uh, Mr. Ricky Masindo. Hello, hello, primary co-host. What does that mean? Primary co-host, yeah, because okay. you're the OG. I get it, I get it. Okay, fine, fine. So in some uh, ways, I've got a promotion. Uh, no, because you are the co-host. Okay, fine. I'll take that compliment host. on the face. I'm one host, <laughs> you're another host. We are co-hosts together, and ah, we are okay. joined today by two other co-hosts for a okay. very specific reason. Uh, we are joined by... Um, uh, joint secondary co-hosts, um, Alex Kitson and Danny Johns. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. How do you feel about being uh, secondary co-hosts? Are you, are you both okay with that? Very excited. I, 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 yeah, I'm very, very excited uh, <laughs> to be here. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm still reading from Ricky saying I'll take it on the face. Uh, <laughs> which I didn't realise was a phrase. Uh, <laughs> that's so true, actually. I meant chin, but even that's not much better. Yeah, I'm, I'm just guessing it's from boarding school. That's why I'm. That's why I'm... <laughs> <laughs> um. So normally, uh, the two hosts do a preamble for twenty minutes or so before the podcast starts. Um. But I am not the host today. I have uh, I'm demoted or promoted to guests because we are doing the episode that no one thought would ever happen. That Mark Holbert, we should call this definitely the over his dead body episode. <laughs> uh, we are doing uh, we're doing warm up. Uh, um, so this is what's going to happen. It is we are recording this on Sunday the 11th of December. It is currently exactly five past four minutes past five, and I am disappearing for twenty minutes to let you all host the show, and then I'm coming back at twenty five minutes past, and I will be your ho- your guest. Happy with that, Ricky Masindo? Oh, I'm so happy! Finally, we're going to get into that <laughs> treasure trove. <laughs> Are up. you happy with that, Alex Kitson and Danielle Johns? Yes, can't wait to slang you off behind your back. Oh, wait, no, you're going to hear it after, aren't you? Oh, um, <laughs> he doesn't Rod. listen. Bye. Bye. <laughs> this is, this is, yeah. This is, this is the ultimate, this is the ultimate over delegation. First, first it was gigs. Now it's his podcast. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you know he has something to do with these 20 minutes. There's something that he has to get done. Some belly laughs admin. He's he's having his tea, Danny. That's what. Um... Oh, mate, literally got a roast dinner downstairs. Messed up the timings, made it way too early, but it's, it's on hold. Have it now. I mean, I don't want to immediately abuse my co-host privileges, but I... I... <laughs> It's a very informal podcast, so you can yeah. have your roast dinner, have your artistic. Oh, my drink. God. I could, maybe I could do, like, an ASMR roast dinner. So I'd just be like, here is the gravy. <laughs> With 10 seconds, they remove the podcast in a different direction. Yeah. And, 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 and much improved. We probably uh, make a lot of money Okay, um, okay, fine, fine. I guess I have to actually take this seriously. Okay, so what <laughs> is our tactic here? Because I feel like you two have been asking for this episode for quite a while. So what was the thinking behind it? <laughs> I 
my fear in asking for it was was fifty percent interest and fifty percent. I know Oliver didn't want to do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was uh, and um, but I am genuinely interested because I, I like I think it's a really interesting decision for him to have made at some point. Yeah. To um to to do warm up and. Like obviously, did he decide though? I feel like Oliver doesn't really decide anything. He falls into things, makes them annoyingly successful with more <laughs> effort. But, 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 yeah. but, but, but that's the thing. That's why I don't know because, like, my mm. knowledge of uh, of Oliver's career history is, is is sort of broader than I'd probably l- like it to be. But yeah, is is um, stand up R- Russell Howard, Bristol comic, circuit comic, doing jesters and all that in Bristol. And then at some point, sort of transitioned into doing doing warm up, and then yeah. and then belly lots yeah. is, is my <laughs> understanding of it. And I'd like to. That know is what his the... CV summed up perfectly. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like is he that... like? Is there anyone else who does it? Like, or is it yeah. just him? I actually yeah. have no idea. That's you know, the I, first I, thing I, I want to know. Who are his competitors? Who's his like big warm up rivals? Like, does he have beef? with other ones yeah i don't know i don't know about like rivals but like i know i gave recently with uh lee Pert, i think is how you say his last name it's p-e-a-r-t he is super lovely and he is the loose woman um warm-up uh, um oh, yes. russell I, I, hicks i think does, does warm-up he, as yeah. well that makes sense i'm i'm, I'm math brown i know i uh, did mock the week um because he did it once because uh during covid because somebody got covid and was ill or something um oh, yeah funny. and then and then, and then, if there's any, because it's just such an alien world. Yeah, I don't know about yeah. you guys. I've I've only ever seen one. No, I've seen two TV shows be recorded ever. No, um, one. Yeah, and and I, I you hear stories about like you know going for hours and hours and hours and um and what do you do like the, the how much of it is improvised? How much of it he does the same every time? Yeah, what are yeah. the tips and tricks? And and like how whether some people are good at better at it than others yeah and why why and how someone who thinks they'd be good at warm-up would then get into it yeah 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 because I mean, yeah, like whenever i like people ask me oh you know who's mark who's your co-host whatever and i explain what he does i realize halfway that it sounds like a fake job like when you, actually, <laughs> when you actually spell it out it sounds like a fake job but it's like it sounds like the dream for a comedian to like because you get to do all these great rooms all these great things and you never have to deal with any of the hassle of being in front of the camera so it sounds yeah. like a good balance um, so i am especially interested in this because my day job is tv production and yet I've never had to book a warm-up. I've never worked in like entertainment. I've done dramas. I've done documentaries. I've done all this kind of stuff. So selfishly, I'm like, in theory, that would be a really good fit for me because I've got TV knowledge and I'm moving into mm. comedy. So I want to, you know, not say I'm coming for his work because I'm sure there is plenty, but I am maybe one day because I'm for your um, But also I just want to know how it works like logistically. Like it'll be like what you were saying. Like, it's like, how many hours a day is it? How many episodes is it? Is it the same audience the whole way through? How many, you know, menus does Oliver bring on stage when he's like? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm super interested in the logistics, and I want to know who's brave enough to ask him what the what the money's like. Because um, oh. 
Oh. But let's all do scissor, rock, paper, rock, scissors. I'll show you scissors, rock, rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Though. How does okay. this work? Okay, how does this work? <laughs> way. Okay, okay, okay. Let's just, I'll count this in, I guess. Okay. Okay, okay so we'll do it on go. Rock, yep. paper, scissors, go. Right, so oh, everyone's watching. Daddy's, Daddy, Daddy's out, so Daddy wins. Daddy's out. Alex, can I just say, whoever wins this or loses this, I really want you to be the one who asks. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> you would do it in the least graceful way, which would make it so good. The mummy's back. It'd be like, oh, well, we've got one question. And then we can shut, we can shut the podcast down. What's the bunts, mate? What's the bunts? Yeah, yeah. I find okay. So again, okay. Rock, okay. Rock, paper, scissors, go. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> shit. Uh, I, I, for, for, for the, uh, I lost that by yeah, forgetting, but forgetting when we were going to go. And Ricky definitely <laughs> saw. Uh, hey, me hey, do paper. There's and a then, lag. There's a lag. Uh, yeah. I my in my brain. And so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the questions I've got. Uh, how many hours is recording? How did you get into it? Um, and what is the money so far? <laughs> Alex <laughs> hits it. Okay. Um, I, I asked a couple of people as well um, about, about it because I said I um, so I'm interviewing over um, about uh, about it. And oh, you're so I'm, good. You did prep. Well done. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, my only thing. I do my only ability is a comic because I do my homework, and yeah. uh, <laughs> I'll say this about me: you will not find a le- less naturally talented comedian. And tell <laughs> <laughs> um, yourself, sure. Uh, I basically, I, and my main, my first immediate question was because obviously Oliver does a lot comparing. That's what he was doing on circuit. How different is it from comparing? Because mm, yeah, that my instinct. Immediately, it's, it's like there must be a lot of crossover, and the extent to which there is, um, uh, yeah, that that, that that and that came up in the questions that I asked other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how different is it? Um, yeah. Now I also want to know which does he prefer? Does Ooh. he prefer Ooh. gigs or TV warmer? Did he uh, follow the passion and it just yes. worked out, or was it like just the Best way to success, because I mean, should, should we should we guess? Uh well, like, which does he prefer? Yeah, what do you, what are your predictions? I would probably say he would say gigs. I mm. think I think he loves TV warm up, and he is like obviously the best at it. But he loves doing gigs. I think there's something about that that he loves. But who knows? He maybe he sees TV warm up as more of a gig or a better gig. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. See, I just reckon TV warm up is probably paid really well. Like from knowing, like in yeah. like my work, what I've paid people, and even like bloody hell, do you know? What? I worked on one job, and we had a robin, like a real life robin, and all it did was it flew into shop, sat on someone's arm for like a minute, and then it fucked off, and I paid it five hundred pounds. Page <laughs> 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 of robin. Well, like, all right, technically it's handler, but like that little shit got five hundred quid. So I'm betting, you know, my bet is that it must be a lot more for the people, and especially if you're there all day. Yeah. So know. <laughs> you know, and presumably you could do it uh daytime, and it maybe it's I don't know, is it like nine to five? You can gig as well, so you could just power through and do both. I guess I don't know. Mm, yeah, makes sense. The thing is, he does 
now that I'm thinking about it, for some reason he talks as if he doesn't do gigs anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like it he does TV warm-up, but he's not like necessarily doing like normal club gigs all the time. I don't know. Maybe that's just I've just gotten that impression for some reason. I, I don't think he I, I mean I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I think he's so busy with the warm up that it, yeah. it feels like it, it's not like um it's, it's not like he's a, it's a, he, he does some clubs still, but I don't know if he's like at, out every weekend, like you know, doing you know, yeah. play this weekend, stand this weekend, mm. um, and I guess like he does the BBC New Comedy Award thing, so I think he's yeah. uh, quite involved with that. And then yeah, like the prep and the planning. He's, and stuff a busy, of it. he's a busy boy for sure. Yeah, he's so he's so busy. It's crazy. BBC. Yeah. So I guess he I guess mm-hmm. it probably is. Yeah. He probably just doesn't have the chance to do it. And may, maybe the like money and warm up is so good that it's like it doesn't make sense to do like two hundred pounds for a gig here and there or something. Who knows? Yeah, because circuit money is absolutely uh <laughs> rubbish whereas TV money. Yeah. I mean if, if that's the Robin the Robin rate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the stinking Robin. Yeah, that was yeah. like 10 years ago and I'm still pissed about it oh so <laughs> we're, we're, we're inflation that Robin now I mean I don't know how long Robin's lived <laughs> but yeah I'm, I reckon that Robin's you know <laughs> yeah. he's left a tidy inheritance to its nest that's what <laughs> that just, just the blingiest nest in the world it's just like <laughs> All these spoiled little nepo bag, little nepo eggs. Like. There's a really wow. shit, untalented Robin going around doing all the warm up. Is that private school? Yeah, yeah. I just want Mark to come back and for us to have no questions and just <laughs> continue this bit for like an hour and a half. Um, I, I, I've got, I've, I've got other questions that people asked and uh, and sent me, and one which I what was actually a, a good one lots yeah. of I, I um i i asked on the um, on this group chat and most of the questions were um uh, asking him whether it's a mistake to move to london which was a dig at me but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> and is it i mean you know what unconfirmed <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, bro- broadly yes but I'm still optimistic anyway but, um, uh, and uh, Louise uh, Lee friend of the pod yeah friend um, of the pod okay I, was, I, 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 I you know I, I thought I'd really stretch my co-hosting influence there <laughs> <laughs> she is a friend of the pod okay 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 I've, I've heard things. things I've heard things Masindo um <laughs> Uh, what strategies for keeping your and therefore the audience's energy up when there are long delays? Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> what drugs do you want? Yeah. Um, I think uh, which flavour of Fanta is over on is the Oh, yes. <laughs> so true. So true. He loves his Fantas, doesn't he? He does. Um, that's a good he question, does. though. I like it. I, bet, I wonder if he plays games. Okay, I'm going to find out, but like, I reckon maybe he plays games. Yeah. Also, just like the, um, I don't know. The, the strategy like how does it work because because yeah. he's probably not just going up there doing 20 minutes or whatever so is he yeah, like he... emceeing basically like, i i literally have no idea yeah is he emceeing because like, you, you couldn't do i don't think he's gonna turn around and be like yeah i've got i've got nine hours of bulletproof <laughs> material <laughs> <laughs> i just fire through it that yeah uh, <laughs> i wonder now that he's here Mark. Yay! Hey. He's back. 
is back. Hi, everyone. Hello. The podcast here. <laughs> Where... Have we jumped the shark? Do you... Have we jumped the shark, do you think, this early? No, I mean, early. It's season four. That's shark jumpable. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Which which episode is this of season three? Have you recorded um some more? Or... Yes, yeah, this is the second one of this one. Okay. The second one, yeah. So there will be more at first some worst, point. First the worst, second the best. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's the second episode. It's always the best. Um, um, was that the best preamble ever? I did, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. Loki. <laughs> Loki, I, I I love a podcast and we have a good dynamic. All I'm going to say is this preamble perfectly fit the like little BBC triangle, as in there was one woman, one person of colour and one straight white man. So, you know, it's ticking the TV boxes, guys, because, you know, any more women and it would get wild. <laughs> um, Kitson, which of us has got a confession to make? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not looking good for me. I... <laughs> um. Anyway, so hi everyone. I'm your guest today. Hello, hello, uh, Mark. Hello, hello. As uh, I guess I'm you now. So hi, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, so we have a bunch of questions for you, Mark. Uh, from all of us, mainly from Alex, because like he said, he does his homework. Um, how would you like us to ask them? You want us to go one by one, each of us takes a turn, make it conversational. How do you feel comfortable, guest? So um, I have just put a roast dinner in the oven. Um, <laughs> I, told and I, know you. That... I told you he was doing something in the 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I thought he was doing something else. <laughs> oh, I'm doing that now. <laughs> oh, okay, <good. laughs> I'm not sat on an office chair, he's sat on the bar. <laughs> I, so I imagine that Kitson, if he has prepared his questions, um, they will be the most difficult ones. So let's put his at the end so we can run out of time before we get to them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got a good uh, closing question. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, um, hit me. Hit me. Uh, so okay, this fine. is about warm up. It's sort of the only thing I know. So, um, ask away. All right, fine. Fine. I'll. I'll. Fine. I'll go first. Okay. Can we just like find out how did you get into warm up? Let's just start broad. How did this happen? So. I'd already been gigging for about five years. So I started in late 1998 and I started comparing really early on, uh, sort of February, and realised very quickly that comparing was what I preferred more than anything else. Like, I enjoyed doing sets, but like when I started comparing, I can remember it. It was like Valentine's Day. And I just remember going, oh, yeah, no, I like this. This is what I like. Um, then, so I compared a lot and I was getting into gigs and I was getting into lots of clubs, lots of promoters. Gave up my day job in the June 2004. Did the Edinburgh Festival doing the Big Value Show, comparing that for a month in 2004. Uh, then got signed with Avalon in the September 2004. And then at the end of September 2004, 
someone was making a TV show in Bristol called uh, Kings of Comedy that was like Big Brother comedians, like comedians in a Big Brother house. Um, Permanently, like 24-7, like living together. Living together, um, filmed in paintworks in uh, in Bristol. That's, That's a grand like absolute chaos. And they they <laughs> built, yeah. Even worse than that, though, they built uh, they they built the house with a comedy club on the edge of the house. <laughs> so they built this like Big Brother style house that everyone lived in. And then there was a door that went straight onto the stage. Oh. But then they'd also put in newer comedians like Andrew Maxwell, Janie Godley. I think Ava was on it. Boothby Graffo was on it. Um, Scott Caporo, I think. Put them in with like old school comedians like Stan Boardman and... Uh, this guy called David Copperfield, not the magician. Mm. Um, and Mick Miller was on it. So it was meant to be like that that yeah. clash of cultures sort of thing. And then every Thursday, they were going to have a gig where basically one of them was ejected. And I got a phone call. I remember it because I was up in Edinburgh when I got the phone call saying, oh, hi, yeah, we work with this production company. We're making this show. We see that you run a gig in Bristol on a Wednesday in a comedy club. Can we come and have a look and just see what a comedy club looks like? Um, and so they came along when I came back from Edinburgh, saw the gig. Uh, we chatted about, you know, things like music going on before the acts. And, into, you know, they wanted to make it feel as much like a club as possible. And then a couple of days later, they went, oh, brilliant. Yeah, thanks for that. Also, we realised that we probably need like an MC to do the Thursday night. So Russell Brand was the host of the whole thing, but they needed someone to kind of basically be the warm up. Um, and so I did this live show once a week for about four weeks, and that was the very first bit of warm up I did. Wow! What's what was, was it? the uh, method? Sorry, what was the method of like getting ejected? Did the other comedians vote them out, or was it like who did the worst the show that week? Or uh, do you know what? I can't remember. I because it was live, so I can't even remember if it was live. That sort of means that there might be some sort of at home voting process, oh. you know, because if it's live, <laughs> brutal. Um, Wait, so what I was remember, the show called again? Kings of Comedy. Kings of comedy. And I remember that the winner was Andrew Maxwell and Boothby Graffo was uh, like sort of, he's a brilliant comic and an amazing bloke. And I remember he walked out. He decided to leave the show like two days before the end or something like that. And that was kind of at the time a big controversy. And now no one remembers anything about it. <laughs> that won't yeah. that won't even be the first thing you get when you Google Kings of Comedy. That's no, um, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's a group of black men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a very uh, American tour. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. So it wasn't called warm up when you did it that time. Or, so, or I the... think it was actually. I think I think they got me in as the MC, but then the floor manager, who I got to know really well because he was then the floor manager for Deal or No Deal, 
which started almost exactly a year later in 2005. Um, and basically, I was, yeah, I was the warm up, basically. So, um, because I think one of our, because uh, one of our main uh, questions was how people would get into warm up now. And that's, uh, that's, um, sounds like sort of right place, right time, comparing Bristol when these shows that needed a warm up guy were being filmed in Bristol. So is there, what is the process for getting into warm up? Is there, is there is there much turnover? Because it feels like people, we obviously know you and we know some people on the circuit who do it, but how do people get involved if they, if they, if they if whoever they may Danny Johns be? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you smell my desperation through Zoom. Like, I just want a piece of it. <laughs> I, 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 I very ungallantly passed off some of my desperation onto you, unfairly. <laughs> and, no, no, that's not fair. But, um... um, do you know what? It's a real tricky one because, so firstly, I never like the, the desperation to earn money. However, I also know that warm-up pays really, really well. And ever since I've been doing warm-up, the money on the circuit and the circuit gigs and all that sort of stuff has sort of, like, it's not risen. It's it's gone down in a lot of places. So I get totally why people want some of this sweet sweet action that I have absolutely almost created a monopoly in. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be my headline question: uh, Is what's the bunt? Um, yes. yes. <laughs> dollar, dollar bill. I've yeah. brought it forward. Sorry, I've got, I made an executive decision as as new co-host. Yeah, um, <laughs> bring, bring question forward. Okay, so was that going to be your final question? That was going to be the headline question. Uh, oh, brilliant! <laughs> you peaked so soon, my friend. It's he, not he, good he, brought it he brought it up. Uh, I, I I went for it. I've now, I've now undercut it by revealing that was my plan all along. I should have. Oh, I'm <laughs> Right. Okay. So I get there. I'll get there eventually. I will because I know <laughs> that this is this is literally the money shot. Okay. So <laughs> when I was doing that show, Kings of Comedy, I was on a hundred and fifty quid a show. Um. So that was a Thursday. That was uh fairly close to my house. Um, because I wasn't living here at the time. This is now two minutes away from where that studio was. At the time, I was probably living about 10 minutes away. I mean, it's that close. <laughs> 150 quid for a Thursday night, which was sort of about what I was earning for a TV show, for, for normal gigs at the time. So I thought to myself, well, I'll just say that when they asked me how much. I'm like, well, it's a Thursday, 150 quid. Um, when I started doing... And then I started doing some shows in the April, May, same studio. And I think that rate was probably about 400. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the production company gave me that rate. Like that was the rate that they said, will you do it for 400 quid? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Show called Fuck You that was on Monday to Friday um, 
for three weeks running. And Fat Q is amazing because like the three hosts were uh, David Mitchell, Karen Taylor, and Joshua Newcomb. And um, I just have a bit my theory. <laughs> just a new going. and it was, and the, but also it was the first proper bit of telly in England for um, Alan Carr, for Paul Foot, for Frankie Boyle, for lots of amazing people. Um, but it was Monday to Friday for three weeks in a row, and they were giving me four hundred quid a show, and mm. I was like holy shit, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> because that was about, that was about just less than a year than I gave, after I gave up my day job. Mm. So I was really buzzing from doing, from getting that. Mm. Then I did Edinburgh and then I, then Deal or No Deal was starting and that was made. So the company that I did Kings of Comedy for and Fact You for were, smaller companies under the giant Endemol umbrella. And Endemol were the company that made Big Brother. And they, they've they still got these different companies and they've got different names, Remarkable and Zepatron. And they had a company that made game shows at the time that all the game show scandals were happening. And that game show company was named after um, a big cat it wasn't Lion or Tiger. And when all the dodgy game show com- things were going on, it was called Cheetah, <laughs> which is an amazing... <laughs> Love this Very cool. uncomfortable. Um, basically, when Deal or No Deal started, uh, after a couple of weeks, they got in contact with me and said, would you, would you do the warm-up? And they were doing like three shows a day. They were paying the warm-up per show... And ended up charged, ended up paying so much money for the warm up. And then they came to me and went, We'll give you a day rate. And my day rate for that was 300 quid, mm. which is amazing, like such a huge amount of money. But also, we were doing two weeks on, one week off, two weeks on, and one week off. Mm. So the easiest way to say this is that I was with Avalon at the time. And for a couple of years, I would give them commission plus 20% of what I was uh, earning from my warm-up. And when I left them in 2009, in the September, and stopped giving them that 20% for doing Edinburgh and stopped giving them the commission, about five months later, I was able to have a deposit for a house. You know, that that's yeah. how yeah. much. Like, those high... They don't do many at the moment, but like what I call high quantity shows, like you can get away with your rate being a little bit less because mm. they're literally, we made 350 episodes a year, something like that. Jesus yeah. Christ. We were doing a hundred days. For, I think I was on like 30 grand a year just from doing Deal on Over. And so, you, so you're effectively a comedian with a nine to five at the same. At the same yeah, time. because and actually at the beginning, it, we were doing like eleven, like one p.m. until about nine, and then it became literally nine to five. I'd be on set at nine, and we'd wrap at five. I was doing like other shows at the same time. I was doing. Uh, I mean, we finished in 2015. Last leg started in 2012. Um, stand up for the week, the ten o'clock show, anything that my call time in London was like maybe after seven, 
I was doing Deal or No Deal, going to London, doing that warm-up, coming back to do Deal or No Deal the next day. Like, I was absolutely minted and (laughs) absolutely (laughs) knackered. That's mad. Yeah. And so did that, did that, were you still able to do like circuit gigs ever? Or did you yeah, like- yeah, no, because I was, uh, so I would still have some of my, some of my regular gigs, like Jester's, Oppo, Clifton Comedy, mm. um, all those sorts of things I was able to do. To, so I was still able to be a, be a comic. So, you know, we had those weird situations where I was running these gigs and Noel Edmonds would come along as a punter. You know, I was doing, yeah. Uh, I was doing running these gigs and in Bristol and doing warm up with with shows that I did a show once a guy called Matt Rudge, Richard Herring closing and Russell Brand in the middle. You know, like I was doing these absolutely just in. Injo- I mean, I wouldn't book him now. Matt Rudge, no, so I was still able to. I was still able to work. Mad. So, 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 what point? Um, I've I've spoken about this. So, so, so free to interrupt. But, um, at what point did? Because I feel like if we asked you now what your job was, you'd say, "Um, t- I do TV warm up." No, I'm a comic. Okay. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, the fire in your eyes! Oh, I I tell you why. Yeah, I tell we, you why. We, we got like, so the preamble is what I um. We, we, I... Did you have a chat in the preamble about whether I see myself as a comic or a warmer? Ah, okay. So I'll, I'll explain. So we yeah. we were essentially, it was me asking, which one do you think he prefers? Stand up like gigs or doing like warm up? And did he make the transition because the warm up was what he preferred? Or was it because it was like obviously good money and it was good, but he could still also do the gigs? Like, what was the? How do you see yourself in your head, basically? I'm a, I'm definitely a comic, and the reason I say it like that is because. So there's a couple of other people. There's sort of two sides of the warm up world. There's there's us lot. So there's and when I started, I got really lucky, but when I started, people like. Charlie Baker, Rufus Hound, Pat Monaghan, Jared Christmas, Stephen Grant, a lot of those people who were sort of my peers starting around about the same time, they had done a lot of warm-up and had decided that it wasn't really for them for lots of different reasons. Stephen, I think, was writing. Um, Rufus kind of moved away from comedy completely. Um, Pat was on that show. Uh, called Show Me the Funny, and he kind of um, sort of went down that way. And also, for a lot of people, doing warm-up just isn't for them, because, and we'll talk about that later on, I hope, but they they had enough. Um, they had enough of kind of, of doing it. Um, so Kitson looks lost. Are you okay, I, I'm, I'm writing. I'm writing down not for them as a uh, <laughs> I, 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 so that we don't forget. I was. He I'm does his homework. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, taking minutes for our meeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on one side, there's our lot. There's comics who do our circuit and they do warm up, and then on the other side, there's there's kind of a 
cruise shippy, but Lindsay presentery. Mm. There's local DJs. There's because there's a whole culture out there of the presenter, and yeah. they're not really a comic, but they do all sorts, and they can be funny and they can learn it. And so, so you've got those two types. And so when people say, do I see myself as a comic or a warm-up? Although 90%, 95% of what I earn now comes from doing warm-up, I still am a comic at heart, definitely. And Which presumably is- the only people who are doing TV warm-up are comics. Like, is there ever, like you're saying about presentary type people, but presumably they're not warming up the audience, they're not making them laugh, right? So are the people who are yeah, doing no, TV they're, they're, they're no, inherently no, they they're are- comedians? They, they would, I think some of them would call themselves, I don't even know, no, they wouldn't call themselves stand-ups, but they would, but they would still sort of do funny stuff. Stuart Holdham, who does Strictly and does a lot of those big, what we call shiny floor shows. Um, Stu doesn't come from a, a stand-up comedy background. Andy Collins, who um, was always, and still does a lot of those big shows, Andy Collins is kind of like the daddy. Um, and I don't think Andy has ever done like a proper gig. But Andy now hosts a radio show and does panto. And like, he's a very, very funny man. But he's a very funny man. And Stuart is a very funny man with the shtick that they have to do warm-up. I see. So they don't necessarily compare the gigs it, the TV studios in the way that I might compare the studios, but their stuff is effective, if not more effective, because it's written and designed very specifically for that type of show. I see. So they're like genres of warm ups almost that match the type of show. So would you ever uh, warm up X Factor? or strictly or is that just well yesterday still... yes i mean i've done strictly and yesterday i did the voice okay so i kind of um uh i th- there are definitely uh there are definitely genres mm. and like i said the kind of the shiny floor thing is uh, and shiny floor i mean it literally means when you go into a tv studio like and you look at that TV studio and you look at the floor, like that day, like someone has painted that floor. Like they literally go in, in the morning, their call times would be like four in the morning to paint the floor before everything goes on top of it. Wow. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, it's sort of, there are, there are certain shows, certain shows like Deal or No Deal, like Pointless, where a comedian can sometimes be a little bit of a drawback mm. because you've got all these little old dears in there wanting to listen to Alexander Armstrong and Richard Osman. And while you're doing the warm up, you accidentally throw in a wank gag and everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? This is <laughs> And that's happened. It happened to me. Like, you know, and, uh, Hmm. Okay. All right. Does anyone have any other questions? Because I could go on all day. As a follow up to that, so how? So when you're turning up to warm up something, how much does it change depending on the show? A. What would be 
what's your approach coming into warm up a show and then be presumably it must change depending on the show or is it fairly similar what's your sort of what's route one Olver's Olver's one is um one is literally I would say 10 minutes at the top getting them to whoop and cheer and to getting them to make as much noise as possible and I think whatever the show you're on that is the aim right at the beginning so with the voice yesterday um didn't have a lot of time because everything's a little bit crazy and job number one is to and the floor manager is amazing on the voice her name's joe hart and she's already gone around the audience and spoken to them about certain little things they have to do and then i walk out i get the dj to play uptown funk and we just have a massive dance for five <laughs> minutes and get them to whoop get them to cheer get them to do all that sort of stuff um that's kind of a, it's a, a heart route one is going this is a weird environment for everyone to be in you're allowed to make as much noise as you want to crack on team this is how you make that noise and then i guide them through the different noises when you've got a game show you want to do that but you want to teach them how to react to the game show so i don't know if you watch pointless I will literally, on Pointless, when the tower goes down, I will literally, before that happens, train the audience to go, ooh, (laughs) and (laughs) tell them the noise and the reactions that we want at a certain, like, score on the board. Oh, yeah, so all those panto noises, like the... All those, exactly. (laughs) And it's getting those... Like, what, deal or no deal? Like, deal or no deal, I probably was the one who, because the warm-ups who did it before me didn't really do this. Like, when the 1P opens on deal or no deal, it's the greatest thing in the world. So you just want everyone to cheer. And when the quarter of a million opens, it's the saddest thing in the world. And so I would spend part of my 10 minutes pretending to open boxes going, ooh, hey, <laughs> And can I ask just like you saying about that, are you there generally on set throughout filming? So like specifically, like let's say deal on a deal, for example, would you then be there almost to sort of orchestrate that? So if there was a 1P, would you be on the side and go, oh no, and they kind of look to you or are you off by that point? I, I am off by that point. I think I'm good enough at my job to be able to get them to react in the in the right way. And if they're not, then I'll go out and kind of prompt them sometimes. But I think I train them well enough to be able to do that. And so I can just sort of sit back and... I mean, deal or no deal, we use me, Eddie and Greg, who were the two floor managers, would spend so much time together, hours on end, playing stupid games. Um, uh, So and when you do that, it is really difficult to be right in the centre of the audience all the time. Some people do it and some warm-ups have that. I sort of think, uh, if you're doing that, I don't necessarily think you've got the audience in the position that the audience should be. They should be able to to be in a place to be able to do that. Like mm. like, like, like comparing. <laughs> you don't need to be there. So go like, oh, that's funny. You got to... <laughs> yeah, that. that's a, <laughs> yeah, that is an excellent... That's an excellent... You don't want to do like a... 
uh, be the combat at the side of the stage, driving the applause. <laughs> no, that deserved an applause. Break. That was a callback, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, oh, it was Danny, do you? Oh, no, well, I was just going to say, like, could you, sorry, it's, it's slightly just bringing in a new subject, but it kind of relates to that. Like, could you talk us through, like, a vaguely generic day? So you sort of did a bit of it then by saying the noises to begin with, um, you know, yeah, how does it work? Do you have to come in and, and check in with the production team? Is there a different, you know, what do you do throughout the day, basically? So, uh, how often do you rate the yeah. snack table? <laughs> yeah, constantly. <laughs> Um, nice. so, <laughs> I, so get a call sheet and because Danny works at behind the scenes in TV she knows what a call sheet is so you get your call sheet um, <coughs> my call sheet my call time is usually an hour before I go on set so they are usually getting the audience in about 45 minutes before I go on so I'm normally there 15 minutes before the audience are going into the studio. But I, because of so much of what I do is in London, the majority of the time I will make my call time earlier than that. And actually, a lot of shows will do that because maybe they want you to go in and watch the dress rehearsal. So let's say I'm doing a show that starts at 7 p.m. Sometimes they'll get me in at 3 or 4 because they want me to watch the dress rehearsal. There was a sitcom a couple of years ago. They wanted me to go in the day before to sit and watch the entire dress run of the day before and then go in and what it was an American TV show with a well, no, a British TV show that was being made in an American model. And I'm guessing that's how they did it over there. And that's what they thought would work over here. But usually I'm there about an hour and a half before and I go straight to the production office and I tell people that I'm there. Sometimes I get a dressing room. Usually I don't. Often, if it's a comedy show or panel show or something, I might know people on it. So they're usually in a bit early, so I'll go and talk to them. I Because I do so much now, so many of my friends are makeup or sound or cameras, so I'll go and chat to them. I like to watch the audience coming in. Uh because I know the audience team, like there's proper companies that do audiences now. And so I, I know those guys and, and we have regulars who come to so many TV shows. And so if I see them put one of the regulars in a place that I don't want them to go, I'll bet, no, can you put him at the back? Cause I cannot be bothered having to talk to him all the way <laughs> through this show again. Um, most shows are early evening, but when you're doing a few shows in a day, they can often be really early. So the voice yesterday, my call time was half 11, and we were meant to start at about half one, two o'clock, and everything started running a bit later. But I was in there really early, talking to Joe, the floor manager. Um, I haven't, I've done the voice before, but only when they had a virtual audience. And so I wanted to kind of be there really early and just kind of get it and talk to Joe about all the bits and pieces. And then when everyone was sat, that's when I go on and do Uptown Funk for a bit. <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> I'm there for hours, 
And then I'm going, right, uptime funk for a bit. <laughs> so, so what, I, 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 whether this, I, I think this, this track's on, because that's, that, that's a lot of prep. Is that what, um, I presume that's one of many things that make you the, the guy in the because this, this isn't even um, over propaganda, that you're, I think, fairly well established. You're the, the one of, if not the best. The best one. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to choose the word daddy. I just wanted you to be like, the, 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 the daddy? Yeah, oh. daddy Warmer, that you've got the biggest cock in the comedy circuit. And that. Uh... Name is Ricky Basindo. <laughs> so, is, is what marks you out as opposed to the other warm up people? Is it that prep or is it something else? Is it the comparing? Is it what? Library. Don't have. Yeah, brokenberry. Yeah, cock size, whatever that may be. <laughs> um, okay, Ricky. Yo. When we interview people mm. as part of this podcast, mm. I don't think anyone ever spends loads of time blowing smoke up their own ass, do they? <laughs> oh, do they? I uh, can't Jim, remember ever meet. I'm, uh, I'm Jimmy, trying to think. Jimmy kind of did. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't I think Jimmy was like, "Yeah, I'm fucking sick, that, so I'm here to talk to you." I think that was kind of the, but but he is, so he can blow smoke up. And I, I've opened the gate for for blowing smoke. Yeah, so please, please. I've, I've asked you okay. to. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, if you like, don't, uh-huh. if you're like so shy and like self conscious that you couldn't possibly, maybe you could frame it and also give it this example of like, have you ever seen anybody like completely balls it up, or like who, like what would be like the worst example? Do you know what I mean? Like. You obviously do the good things. There must be people who do the bad things. What are they? What are all of those things? Yeah, Daddy Johns. I was just pretending to be shy about this. I'm <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk, we can talk about the bad things as well. Okay, so so Danny knows more than anything. Working in TV, firstly, I genuinely think the big thing that people like about me is that I am punctual as fuck. Like the TV warm up person is you want them there in case anything fucks up. You want them there in case Mm. you're meant to start at 7 o'clock, that audience have been in for an hour, you're not going to start for another hour, and the audience are going to get bored. So you need someone to go on and go over. We're really sorry. We don't want to get you on, but these fuckers have been sat in there for ages. Can you go and talk to them? And if I'm not there, they've not got anyone to do that. So... I am punctual. I don't care if I've got a dressing room or not. Like, I will change in toilets. I will change in my car, in the car park. Like, when they want me there, I am there. And when I find a floor manager, if, usually, because they most of them know me now, I will say to them, and if it's a new one, I will say, I am your bitch. Like, you shout <laughs> over, I am there. So your top like, skill is I, being a little weasel. Oh no, not a wee, no, not a weasel being like, yeah, I'm a Labrador. Thank you, Ricky. There you go. I'm like, no, that was a compliment. Okay, that's a compliment. Because it's like, because because I've got a job to do, and so when I'm there, I'm like, okay, well, you need this job. So if you need something done, you shout my name. All my job is is talking bollocks. Like it's just talking shit. Me and Andrew Bird, who does lots of warm up, uh, we always talk about it as about wasting time. T- wasting time as an entertaining way of 
as possible. Mm. Like, and that's what I'm doing. I'm wasting time while trying to be as entertaining as possible. And so, so I think, I think I'm really good at it because I'm a compare and, and I've seen Alex Kitson compare where I've been waiting to get on Belly last gig because I know I've got another gig to go to, and I'm like, "Ow, can you hurry the fuck up? Because I've got to get upstairs." Um, him on your own podcast. Yeah, I, I mean, you're absolutely. I, I, I've, I've got to do two things before I re- re- respond to the. Is I've got to tell my housemates that I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. No. They. They. they, they yeah. And. Yeah. I learned from the best, and I. <laughs> can I just say, sorry, can I just say the way you phrase that entire thing between stutters? That's going to be impossible yeah. to edit out. <laughs> <laughs> you literally, you didn't take a breath. You just. I also really liked going. it. I really liked it that it sounds like Kitson's living with a choir. They all said sorry in harmony. <laughs> Yeah, that's London. I, I live with 60 choristers and uh, <laughs> brings the rent down. And one priest. Um, <laughs> my, point, my point while dissing Alex Kitson was all compares, and I am more guilty of it than anyone, all compares go on too long. Like we can all get carried away with the chat that we're doing. And so that 10 minutes we're going to do before someone becomes 20 because we're so excited about who we're talking to and what's happening and all that sort of stuff. For us, 20 minutes of chat is, oh, shit, I've overrun. Mm. For people who aren't a comic, having to fill for 20 minutes in a TV studio can be the worst nightmare that they're ever going to have. Mm. Because if you say to someone who hasn't done it before, who hasn't done com- comedy before, and you say, oh, shit, yeah, you're going to have to... Naomi Campbell is late. Do 20 minutes. <laughs> that person will be like, no. No, I have not got... <laughs> For any of us who do comparing, we'll be like, yeah, no problem. What's your favourite service station? Here we go. <laughs> you know. It is funny because it's like what we do, and like especially with that, is like literally the average person's worst nightmare. Is mm. it like most people hate public speaking, but then yeah, if you have to be like A, public speaking, B, be funny, make people laugh, and C, here it is all of a sudden, do it for 20, 30 minutes. Like yeah. just crumble. And the yeah. and the and when you talk about why people or how people can do it wrong sometimes, some warm-ups can think that's the only thing you have to do. And that's when there is a problem. So I always describe it to people, um, and because this is a audio medium, and so I'm going to do it visually. (laughs) So (laughs) I always describe comparing as triangle, where we are the wide bit of the triangle, and the point is the person in the audience. So you're going... Uh, what do you do for a living? Where are you from? How long have you two been together? And then you're getting joke, joke, joke. And you're doing that throughout the show, but you're going, because that's what we do, basically. With warm-up, I'm the point of the triangle, and my job isn't to get the laugh. My job is to get the big reaction. So rather than pointing in, what is your name, what do you do? I reverse it, 
and go, who's got a job they love? Who's from somewhere shit? Who's in a relationship? Who is single? Oh. Because wow. See, I like this. I like the formula. This is building a lovely picture. Thank you. Yeah, triangles. <laughs> because the, the <laughs> aim of it, the aim of the whole thing is to get the audience to make loads of noise. The aim isn't to find the most amazing bit of chat that you will ever have and go, look at me, I'm an absolute god of chat. Mm. The point of it is to get everyone in that room to be one entity. So when I'm making the noise of the tower in Pointless, all of those people are going, ooh, rather than going, oh, hold on, no, he's not done anything with me. He's just spoken to those two in the front, you know. Yeah, because you, you know like when people do comparing an MC, sometimes the audiences go like, oh, are you a comedian? Or they're not sure if you're a comedian. After warm-up, do you think they know you're a comedian or do they just think you're actually just the person orchestrating it? Like, How do you think they see you? I think they probably see me as a warm-up. But then it, that's a really good question, actually, because when you MC, sometimes you might only do such a short amount. Mm. Those people might not realise you're a comic. Yeah. When I do a when I do a sitcom, and we're talking about different genres, and sitcoms are definitely one of them. When I'm doing a sitcom, I can be on for five and a half hours. Like you can be on yes. for five and a half hours for like thirty seconds at a time every two minutes for five and a half hours like like that literally can happen you do your 10 at the top and then they're like okay here's the first scene and then they do a bit of the first scene for two minutes um and then they're like okay reset uh we're gonna do that scene again but we're just gonna work on it again and while they're doing that muggins is out there for however long it could be no one will tell me it could be 30 seconds or, because they'll go, okay, reset, we're going to do it again. Or it could be 15 minutes because there's a problem with that scene, whether it's a technical problem, the camera's not in the right way, the joke's not working. So I can go out there for 15 minutes again. And then at the end of that 15 minutes, I can be out there for 14 and a half minutes and just about to get the punchline of a joke. And the floor manager go, right, here we go. And you're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's so that's something we were wondering in the in the preamble was that uh, um in that situation are you are you doing gags do you have five hours of 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 gags are you trying to do audience chat not knowing whether you've got got to get yanked off are you i love getting yanked off pro- in a tv studio yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i've literally got bits i'm not gonna that they're jokes. I've literally got bits about off your mobile phones. I've got bits about fire exits. Like I've got bits about I've got bits about cameras and sound equipment. Like I've got mm. things that I can do that can end. And then if that floor manager ends it, it doesn't matter. Mm. Because it's not got it's not got the structure of a joke. There are certain shows you do. Have I got news for you? Is the best example of it, where they want you to do essentially a ten minute routine at the beginning. Like they want a bit of the warm up, but what they want is ten minutes, and so you can do your longer form stuff. But 
when I'm at the voice last night and they're watching Tom Jones, Ollie Murs, Will I Am and Amarie, they don't want me to do five minutes of, you know, my alpaca story. They want, you know, because that would just be pointless. Like, why am I doing that? But then sometimes if a light breaks and I've got to be up there for half an hour, maybe I have to do five minutes of my alpaca story and, and make it work, you know. But mostly, mostly it's mostly it's bits of chat that if those regulars, which is why I don't like them on the front row, <laughs> those regulars will know that all of my chat I have usually done before. I would say 90% of it I have done before mm. because I've got those little those little tricks, basically. Yeah, you've mm. worked out like your formula and the bits that you put out of your pocket for that situation or this bit, blah blah. blah. Yeah, and you've seen oh. me like you've seen me do these things while comparing um, when I'm doing like spherical foods. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> we mentioned that I think <laughs> in the preamble. <laughs> <laughs> did you mention spherical foods? Yeah, in the somebody did. <laughs> it's fucking spherical foods. Uh, I'll I'll say it's it, it's the core tenet of my impression of Olver is, <laughs> is 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 you doing spherical foods. Yeah, it's so stupid. Who likes food? Everyone who does an impression of me, I always sound like I've got emphysemia. Who yeah. likes spherical foods? <laughs> Basically, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, like a, does anyone like a chocolate orange? I love a spherical <laughs> I sort yeah. of I, I sort of go Sort of, I, I saw feral Josh Winnicom is what I, how I got there. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Yeah. I'm happy with that. But the thing about that is, so like, I've now, I've got like, I don't know, 20, 25 different versions of that. I've got one at the moment where, like, if I see someone who's not from the UK, I've got this thing now where I'll talk about Monster Munch and I'll be like, oh, you think you know the UK? Watch this. Beef is the best flavour, Monster Munch, and the audience lose their shit. And <laughs> I've, got like, and I've got five minutes where I'm talking about different snacks, and I'm talk and I can talk about pickled onion, or I can talk about flaming hot, or I could talk about knickknacks or quavers, <laughs> and I can talk about all the and it's funny and it gets people shouting out and it gets those panto type reactions when I tell people that when I make a sandwich. I only butter one slice of bread. Oh, it still infuriates me. That's still fucking savage. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, the thing about this stuff is, when I do it in a set or in a comedy club, I can play with those ideas. And I can say to an audience, I'm just about to deliberately do something to annoy you, to waste your time, to, so I can deconstruct that stuff in a TV studio. Um but still use it for good when I'm doing warm-up. I remember that joke I've got about joke, again, in inverted commas, about <laughs> your uh, when it, there's someone in the audience and I'm like, how old are you? 19. Oh, I bet you've never driven a car with a well, choke. Like, yeah. Still don't know what that is. I still... Exactly. I'll piss I off Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so young. <laughs> but I wrote that... I wrote that as a deliberate... When I was doing my Edinburgh show in 2011, uh, I wrote that as a deliberate kind of like taking the piss out of nostalgic comedy. 
like, do you remember comedy? I, I wrote it as a kind of a bit of a parody of that. And it turns out that actually it's not a parody of it. It's just one of them and it works quite well. <laughs> I've, 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 I've still got two questions. I'm better off that. One is, have you ever got been in a situation like in a long sitcom record um, where you've gone, wait a second, I've done all my bits. Have you ever hit that point? And no. no, never hit, never, never hit that. I'll tell you but, why. But, yeah. If you've not got anything to start with, you've not got anything to run out of. <laughs> <laughs> why does that sound so deep and profound? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like a mantra about minimalism or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been in that situation quite a lot where Alicia Dixon at Big Fat, uh, uh, um, Britain's Got Talent has has made that decision for me. You know, when she's gone. No, I think he's run out. Put some music on. You know, that is, that has literally happened to me. But I'm just like, well, do you know what? Like, if you're not going to come and stop me, then I'm just going to go. I'm just going to keep going. You tell me this. I'm like a little perpetual motion machine. Like a little wind up toy. Yeah. And I, and I've, I, one that's sort of slightly off topic for um, for warm up potentially, but food as you've got so much stuff on food, is that because of an of your own interest, or have you just found that it's just so universal and for every audience, um, and it and just works as a thing? What, 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 what sort of chicken and egg scenario? Yeah, chicken yeah. and egg. There you go. Look at that. Hey. Literally, you're literally talking about <laughs> on my left. Uh. <laughs> Um, it's partly because I am a fat cunt and I love food. It's also uh, also partly because angry comedy about angry things is not necessarily that funny. I think silly comedy about angry things can really make you learn about those things. So you go, oh, okay, this person is dealing with this situation in a really silly, weird way. Uh, Christie's Edinburgh show that won the, the main award, Big For Her, is a perfect example of a silly way of dealing with a very important subject. Um, I flip it and I get really angry about silly things. And so, and food is the silliest thing in the world. And it's so inconsequential. It's so, I'm not offending anyone in that room when I'm talking about how much I hate quavers. Like, but when someone talks about liking quavers, I can get so angry at them about <laughs> liking quavers and properly destroy them mm. that there's, I think there's something quite funny in that. And it can stretch forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Mm. That's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like the, it's, it's like an identity that no one gets offended about. It's um yeah, yeah, yeah. it is exactly. Yeah. I'm not getting I'm not getting cancelled for telling people that their ribbon their favourite um knickknack flavour should be ribbon saucy. That's not getting me on GB News. I'd like to see a sort of flip it and sort of do like a very political over. I'd be like, yes. who 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 likes Labour? <laughs> <laughs> Like the cookie monster, then, <laughs> 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 or the sugar puffs monster. I don't know. <laughs> oh, 
would love to see that. <laughs> uh, do you do you feel like um like so do you still get to do gigs like in your normal week? Are you still doing like gig gigs or comparing gigs? Yeah, or I sets don't put or... them. I don't put them in anymore, really, because what tends to happen is so December you'll be getting gigs for people will be booking you in when you when you gig for people like off the curb that they might book you in when you're in with those promoters they're often booking you in weeks and months and months in advance like December gigs Christmas gigs people who are doing them now will have uh will have had them booked in probably in March if you're doing your glees and your comedy stores yeah um this voice gig yesterday came in about six weeks ago mm-hmm. and I didn't have anything in my diary, but I know the store and the Glee are amazing, amazing gigs. I'm getting paid three times more to do that, to do that gig. Mm. So I to do that warm up rather than that gig. So I sort of had to make that decision of going, well, what do I do? Do I, piss off promoters all the time by cancelling at the last minute like I have had shows come in in I did a Luke Evans thing that's going to be on the TV in a couple of weeks time the film star and it's not a show for me but fuck me it was an amazing amazing show that I got that in two days notice and it was filmed in Newport like it was absolutely (laughs) unbelievable and the money was brilliant for it and so what am I doing? Am I am I pissing someone off by cancelling two days before for a gig that that I'm getting paid, you know, hundred and twenty quid for? I'd rather not let people down, so I just don't book them in now. Yeah, but I'll still get them. If someone was to phone me, like I've driven back from Manchester today, but if someone had phoned me and asked me to do a gig tonight, I I wouldn't have hesitated. I would have done it straight away. Mm. And um, did like I think I asked this, but I, I didn't like ask it properly. Did which one do you prefer? Like enjoy enjoyment. Yeah, if they Gigs. paid the same. What would yeah, you which do? one do you enjoy more? Yeah. Oh, I, I think being a warm up that's who still does gigs keeps me sane, and I think if I just do gigs, I think I'd go insane without doing warm-up as well. There's a couple of things about stand-up comedy. Like, and I know I'm not the only one, but all of us will have been in green rooms and dressing rooms, either on our own, where where it's fine, but can be a bit lonely, especially if people are doubling up. If you're comparing and the first act is going somewhere else, you, you don't see anyone all night. Or, conversely, you're there all evening with a couple of bellends and you're like, oh, God, I can't believe I have to do this. Whereas, like, I get the best of both worlds. So, like, some of my best friends in my jobs now are not the floor, are not the the acts. They're the floor managers. They're, you know, mm. Mark Harrison or Joe or Kay or they're the sound guys or they're the people that I, camera operators who I'll go for dinner with, you know. And it's kind of having that world. I'm a bit of a team player, really. But sometimes in stand-up, my team can just, you know, be be just a lot of people I think are wankers. And so <laughs> uh, 
it's quite nice to be able to pick and choose who my team is a little bit more. I'm also quite lucky. I did Jonathan Ross this week, and it was a special episode that's going out on New Year's where it was a stand-up show, and it was Jonathan introducing amazing stand-ups, and I did the warm-up for it. And sometimes they'll ask me for, on those sorts of shows to be more like a stand-up and do stand-up and do comparing. So when I do a show like Taskmaster or when I do The Last Leg because it's live, like that will be me going into my stand-up gear mm. rather than my warm-up gear. So I feel like I get the best of both worlds. That is Hannah Montana. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like Hannah Montana. Which I've always said, really. That yeah. Over is the Hannah Montana of comedy. I have a question for you as well. Um, Go on. So, what qualities in a comedian, in a comic, do you think make for a good TV warm-up? So, like, for example, say you were off a job and you couldn't do it and you were going to recommend, I don't know, me. Why? (laughs) 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 I'm joking. Joking, not joking. Um, But... What things would you look for? Like, if you generally had to think of somebody in your, like, your little mental Rolodex um, and you thought of that person, would you be like, oh, I'll pick them because they're a great MC or they're really calm or they're like, what things make a good warm up like you would pick from? Yeah. So I think a lot of it does go back to maybe the different types of show. So Uh, A really good example, and I suppose this links in a little bit with how do you get into it? How do you get that bunch? Um, So I don't know. Do you know Russell Hicks? Yeah. 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 Really good comment. Really good compare. Really nice guy. Sent me a message a couple of months ago asking about how can I get some of the bunch, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I want to do it. How do I do it? and then about a week later, um, I had to cancel a Have I Got News For You? And they said, oh, who can do it? And I said, oh, actually, weirdly, Russell Hicks, I think he's really good. He could do it. We had a couple of weeks, so he came and watched me do it. We talked about doing warm-up, um, and then he did it. And the reason that I felt that he could do it is because he's a really good MC. Like, I think it comes... Right at the heart, if you are a good MC, I think that's who can do it. So Laura Lex has done a little bit, but she doesn't do loads. Kiri's done a little bit, but she doesn't do loads. Birdie does a bit. Birdie prefers doing sets than MCing, but Birdie's really good. Lou Conran is brilliant as a warm-up because she's a brilliant MC. She's funny. She's charming. She's nice. Um, I think... Those are the things. Sometimes I might pigeonhole people and go, oh, well, Russell Hicks, he hasn't done loads of warm-up yet. So if there was a uh, if there was a new game show like Pointless that doesn't need a comic, it needs a host, then maybe I'll go, oh, actually, maybe Russell Hicks isn't right for that one because it doesn't need the funny, funny, funny. So maybe I'll get someone actually someone newer, like like Daniel, like like Alex or like Danny. Um excellent maybe, choices. <laughs> yeah, well, but that's the thing. Like I can't wait for some of these shows that hopefully might be coming in, these high quantity ones, 
where I can go, oh, well, that person is perfect for that one because it's, it's quite chilled. They can learn it. They can figure it out. They can get the tone of it. But then if you've got something like Taskmaster, where people are just obsessed with Taskmaster, although it's really easy because they're obsessed with it, it's a bit of a high-pressure one because it's such a big show. So at heart, I think it's about tone. And I think tone is something that we don't think about enough with with stand-up in general. Like, if you can work out what that audience wants and you can work out how to give it to them, we often get really, really lucky where the only thing we can give them happens to be the only thing they want. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they don't want. And I think, and I imagine that Danny probably had that in Exeter on Friday with that big <laughs> drunken crowd. And Greg Winfield, um, I got a phone call on Friday. I think it was Friday. Literally, they needed someone to go and do Gloucester with... 45 minutes notice. They phoned me at half eight and they needed someone at 20 past nine. And I thought to myself, because I was messaging you about Exeter, you know, drunken madness. And I was like, well, if Gloucester's the same and they want a headliner in half an hour's notice, those that audience are going to be mental. Well, yeah. let's just send Greg up there. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that's really interesting. Actually, it's really interesting as well hearing you say about how there's sort of the comedy warm-up and then there's like the entertainment warm-up because I guess I initially assumed you were just doing mainly stuff for comedy shows, not necessarily thinking about mm. big stuff like X Factor. Um, but yeah, and like you're right, it's like with a gig, right? If you had a certain um type of audience that you were getting or it was had a certain shtick a certain vibe as you would obviously curate your lineup to best suit the purpose of that gig and I guess it's very much a similar thing like some people who maybe are a bit I don't know a bit cheesier a bit silly a bit dash might be more suitable for like that kind of funny yeah vibe uh whereas something more serious might want someone who's a bit of a stronger gag-led um more demanding we were presence. doing that show for comedy central the comedy roast thing roast battle it was called wasn't it yeah, um, I and that. i would go in and the producers would literally say to me and i'll talk to the producers and the directors and the floor manager whoever i can what do they want um and they just wanted filth they they knew that the roasts were going to be extreme so they wanted me to be extreme so i just went right well, this is Christmas party. This is madness. <laughs> this is utter filth. And then on Deal or No Deal, a joke where, like, I don't swear at all. And then I would do this thing where I'd go, quarter of a million does, and you go, oh. And then I'd find the cutest old lady and go, everyone was brilliant, but what's your name? And she'd go, Ethel. And I'd go, Ethel, we got a problem. The microphones um, picked you up saying bollocks when the quarter of a million went. <laughs> and if you could just like... <laughs> <laughs> and because I've not sworn, because I've not done any film, like then becomes the most shocking thing that they can ever hear in that room. You've said it's a poor old Ethel. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, isn't it? I've had a, I genuinely, have, I have lost count of the number of people who have come up to me and gone, you may, you said that, you pretended that my nan said bothers one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so for uh, any acts out there who think they might like to do TV warm-up one day, um, what, like, building blocks could they put in place? Like, what would you say to newer acts now? Like, if you are thinking about doing that in the future, what can you work on now to basically ensure you would be someone who would potentially nail it like you do? Oh, yeah. I just blew smoke up your ass. take it back. Your shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Um, but MCing in two different ways. MC the big gigs that you get money for. M MC the gigs that people are going to pay you for. MC for other people. Just MC. Just get it done. But also, sure that you've got a place to MC your own regular gig where you can make mistakes all the time. Even when you're an experienced MC, my worry about the about the Bristol scene, but also my worry about the comedy scene in general is that there's such a fight for everything at the moment. There's more comedians than there's ever been. There's fewer gigs than there were. Um, so everyone has to fight, and that means that everyone has to be quite good all the time. And I think it's a real shame that people have to feel the need to be really good. Like, you only learn uh, this stuff when it goes a bit wrong. And so you need to to have places where you can be a bit shit. Mm. Um, and that's usually your own gig. And you can be shit and charming and unfunny and funny, People will still like you at your own gig because you're you, but you still have to be able to go, this is the idea that I've got. I want to do it. It might be shit. You know, yeah, like, and I don't see enough people doing that. I genuinely, my big worry is people, well, I know, Morgan Reese is such a fucker about this stuff because he'll be like, oh, I'm doing some new stuff today. And he'll put it on in his Instagram. Oh, I'm worried it's going to be shit. And then he turns up with like two minutes of new and five minutes of stuff that he knows isn't shit. <laughs> I want Morgan Reese to actually be shit. Like eat ass for seven minutes. <laughs> seven minutes is a long time to eat. Um... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Morgan? DJ. But uh... yeah, I like, and, and that helps your warm up. Because you get to know what it, you get to learn that skill of taking that room that is not right for stand up, i.e., a TV studio is cold and bright and all sorts of stuff going on. And you need and you learn the skill of taking that from that place that's a nightmare and turn it into a place that feels positive and great. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much, Marcus Olverius. Do we so, have any more burning questions that can't hold for the next time we're with Mark? No? Can I say one thing which about this episode? So I think the next episode, we're going to talk to Jesse Nixon about doing tour support for people. Yeah. And last week, we talked to Larry Morgan about writing. And this week we're doing warm-up. And I think these are going to be like a triptych of things that are quite closely related to me. Because <laughs> I helped Larry get 
some writing. I helped Jesse, some of those people. People would contact me about support, and I would put them in contact with Jesse and Danny and Eva and lots of other people have done it. Um, and this one as well is very much about kind of like basically, if you know Mark Olver things will be a bit better. <laughs> That's essentially it. <laughs> yeah, oh, Captain. But oh, Captain. what I needed, to, <laughs> I wanted to say it in this episode, which is, like, so many pro comics who live in different places, and the London ones are the same, but also you look at the way Adam Rowe and Dan Nightingale support a lot of white guys for have a word podcast, but you look at how Frankie Boyle supports people in Scotland. Um, you look at Justin Morehouse in Manchester, like Lysit in the Midlands, and has given like okay, really great that we're able to say. And Larry Morgan was able to get some writing work because she happened to know me, and hopefully Kitson and Danny can get some warm up work because they happen to know me. But like, people exist all over the place. You just have to find those contacts. I think you have to find those those people who exist to support you. And good comics and nice comics and nice comics will support you. I think. Mm. Mm. Definitely, yeah. Definitely seen that from doing this podcast. Kitson would seem it feels like, although we're ending, Kitson feels like he wants to argue that point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, not at all. No, 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 not at all. I think it's um, I think it's a what's great about what you've done and what all those people you mentioned done. It's it's efforts to decentralize uh, the circuit, the comedy world. I think that's always and D and D white man as well. Yeah. You guys suck. <laughs> Yeah. I can say that with at least fifty percent authority. Yeah. <laughs> and then she said, "My my one issue being like, yeah, I I think there should be more West Country Jews in comedy." First. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's fight and, that uh, fight. Yeah. We'll fight but, together. Um, more chat uh, jokes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for having me on your wonderful podcast. I'm a big fan. Yeah, thank <laughs> um, you, thank um, you, thank you, thank you for coming fun. on. Are we going to do the post the post amble thing, Ricky? Are we going to uh, do? That? We really do one, do we? we? Don't, yeah, we don't really. We kind of just stopped oh. doing it because we were like, oh, I mean, <laughs> we forgot. And I would just end the call and be like, oh shit. <laughs> I go and look after my roast, and then you can yeah. do like admin type things. Yes, yes, we can, yeah. we can. Yeah, go look after Come your on. roast. Thank bye. you, bye bye, bye bye. Um, the how? Thank you guys for coming on. That's Since- all right. Since we've been gone for the last year, we've sort of built a tiny, tiny platform. So if there's <laughs> anything you want to publicize, please do it now. We have a very loyal and feral audience. <laughs> well, I've just joined LinkedIn, you guys. Um... <laughs> yeah, you added me today. What's that about? It was the craziest Saturday night of my life. Um, no, basically what it is. Um, it's I, I've just done recently done some very teeny tiny little jobs where I've hosted an event or I've done something a little bit corporate or whatever and I loved it and I was like oh maybe I should 
have uh, some sort of professional social media. So I've kind of set up LinkedIn and I'm going to try and connect with people and be like, yeah. hey, I'm funny and I do comedy, but I can also do other little events things, um, which uh, sounds uh, like uh, the sort of people that Olva hates for <laughs> one step earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, Olva's not here anymore. It's time to pay. Yeah, time fuck that guy. Time to pay the rent. <laughs> Yeah. You know, right, Dan, she, she turns the dark side after talking to you for two hours. <laughs> um, it's Stuart Goldsmith. I feel like he's... Didn't he go do lots of stuff on LinkedIn? Mate, his LinkedIn is beautiful. Like, it, I literally was looking at it yesterday and was like, oh, this man knows yeah. what he is doing here. So, yes. Tell me what's the connection be you find yeah, on yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and OnlyFans. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> we almost had a sincere moment there. Yeah, a get, get, get your comic does both. Let's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm with Bill's oh. pay. <laughs> okay, oh, fine. I'll let you go, Daddy. I'll let you go, Alex. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, this has been uh, fun. Thank okay, you so dude. much for having yeah, us. Yeah. No, thank you for coming on. I'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Bye, my friend. Bye, bye. Later, mate. Oh, captain, my captain. Oh, Captain!